Hey guys, welcome to Rihanna's Lens, where I interact with you about the components in the STEM field and introduce you to fascinating people who passionately inhabit the scientific and technical frontiers of our society. My name is Rihanna Malhotra and I'm absolutely elated to share this podcast with all of you. On this episode, I will be talking about the very thing that bridges the gap between machines and human language. Code. 911 emergency. 911, what's your emergency? 911, what's your emergency? 911. On April 9th, 2014, 911 services suddenly stopped for millions of people across the United States. It was down for over six hours. More than 6,000 emergency calls couldn't get through. The government treated the problem to a computer in a call routing facility in Englewood, Colorado. It was a simple coding mistake. The people in charge of coding that computer chose to do it with an upper limit for the number of calls it could log. A limit the coders thought the computer would never hit. But that night, in 2014, it did. The computer followed its instructions perfectly. It hit the limit and stopped the routing calls. The problem wasn't the computer. It wasn't a bug in the code. It was the coding. The decision-making process by which people communicate with the computer. Coders have great amount of power, but it comes with great ethical responsibility. There's nothing like doing it. There's nothing that substitutes for it. It's much the same ways that builders of a city determine how your life is lived in the city. Code controls how we live online, which is now basically how we live. Not just when you go on the internet, but when we contact emergency services or go to the doctor or simply get in the car. We're all so close to code every day. Yet only a third of 1% of us know how to write it. To the overwhelming majority, it's just a black box. But it doesn't have to be. So how does coding really work? And what new world are we building with it? So if I had to explain coding to someone, I'd say we live on some sort of physical planet. And about 50 years ago, a small group of people started building another planet. It wasn't a physical planet, but a virtual one. Look around you. You see everyone with their head bent down and staring at their phones. They're actually in that other world. So that's exactly what code is. It's the building blocks of the other world. There was a loom that is now the ancestor of every computer and smartphone on Earth. It was invented in 1804, and the big innovation were just cards with different patterns of holes. Now you're probably wondering, how is that a big innovation? The holes in each card were designed to allow only certain pins to go through. With thousands of those holes and cards, 
weavers could do more complex patterns than they could ever before. Elaborate shawls became a huge trend in Europe, and woven designs could be so intricate they looked like drawings. Before these looms, individual strings had to be selected by hand by drawboys. Math back then was done by hand too by so-called computers. The first computer and the best machine we had to help us could only do one type of math problem, like a bascus for addition and subtraction. British mathematician Charles Babbage wanted a machine that could do any math problem you chose for it to do, or rather, programmed it to do. He proposed a machine called the analytic engine. Babbage's idea would earn him a place. In history. Babbage's analytic engine, like the loom, had physical parts called hardware. And also, like the loom, you could give the hardware instructions in form of cards punched with holes. The holes let pins in and the absence of holes pushed other pins backwards, setting off a chain of mechanical calculations. And that's software. Babbage could never finish his analytic engine, but a woman working with him saw its world-changing potential, way beyond math. Ada Byron, Countess of Lovelace, wrote, The bounds of arithmetic were outstepped the moment the idea of applying the cards had occurred. She thought that the holes represented more than just numbers. They could be patterns, music, or even entire sentences. You can think of it as Morse code. Each letter in the Morse code alphabet is expressed as a set of only two signals. Or It's binary. And with just those two beeps, we can say anything. Like the distress call sent out by Titanic in 1912. SOS doesn't mean anything. It's just really easy to type in Morse code. You can equally well think of every letter could be expressed as combination of ones and zeros. Sounds familiar? That is binary code. And it's how we bridge the gap between machines and human language. Each one or zero is a binary digit or a bit. These are the atoms of modern computing. Binary code is just a way of typing what's really happening in a modern computer. Computers only understand electricity, so everything coders do with computers is in the end just a series of on or off charges. It all works because it's strung together in just the right way. Those charges can represent logic. Basically, logic is a predictable series of facts or events, such as closing this switch and this one to ring the bell. In fact, computer people call this a logic AND circuit. Or a logic gate. In AN AND gate, both circuits need to be closed for lights to go on. 
and there are OR gates where the light goes on if just one of the circuit is closed. That kind of if or then statement, that is an algorithm. In pop culture today, the word algorithm causes a lot of confusion. But an algorithm is really just a set of directions. Imagine walking to the store. You could take a left and then take a right, or you could just take a right and then turn left. Or you could also take four lefts, run around the park, cross the highway, and then take four rights. Just like there are many directions to the same place, in coding there are many different algorithms to solve the same problem. The goal is to find the most efficient one. Algorithms just did what people told them to do, but so much faster, which made people so much more powerful. When scientists first began to develop the fusion bomb, they primarily used human computers. But then they turned to ENIAC computers, which ran thermonuclear calculations for six weeks. It directly led to a bomb 100 times more powerful than the atomic fusion bombs dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki during World War II. The power to code amplified people's ability to do what they chose and desired to do. People wanted more of the power coding gave, but they just wanted an easier way to code. The story of coding since then has been the story of making code closer and closer to human language by inventing what nearly all coders use today, programming languages. Compared to ones and zeros, these languages are pretty abstract. More abstract languages boil down to the same ones and zeros. We have just found better ways to organize them. You can think of it in terms of biology. Humans are incredibly complex, but 99% of our bodies are made up of only six elements. You can work your way up to larger molecules between that layer of organization and one that is the simplest living thing is actually just a bit of a jump. And humans have brains which do things so advanced it's hard to believe that they are made of the same stuff. Computers are actually rather like that, but just simpler. Moving away from binary gives us much more faster and powerful ways to code without having to deal with or really even understand the binary and logic gates beneath is the goal. That's what allows coders to make products that we are familiar with. Therefore, coders progress from assembly languages to high-level languages and then GUI, which made us so much more capable. GUIs, which is graphical user interface, were a huge jump in the spectrum. And then came the next world-changing innovation, a new way to distribute everything we could make with code. There is this huge set of decisions and the people who do the programming will be making them. And inevitably, there'll be some combination of circumstances that they will not have anticipated. So programmers require a lot of thought and consideration. 
this will only become more true because we have started coding in a completely new way. In traditional coding, you write instructions for a computer, but now we are able to give a computer a bunch of inputs and a bunch of outputs and get it to write its own instructions. What you do is you give the computer a lot of instructions so then the computer looks at the information and tries to build a classification system. This is machine learning. We call it machine learning algorithm because the computer has to form its own set of instructions to follow. The story of coding is one of human ambition and creativity. We are building a new world with more and more intuitive tools that a greater number of people can use to help make sure that the world is better. We are on a journey to make computers more accessible to human beings and to greater set of human beings. This revolution has been ongoing for the past 50 years and that's why it's so exciting to be alive at this age. Learning code may help you achieve anything and practically even change the world. Thank you so much for tuning in. This has been an interesting episode and I'm looking forward to the next one to discuss further on STEM fields. Make sure you share this pod with your friends if you enjoyed it. Stay tuned!